Hey, we, we're in this series, Jesus Is, where um, we've been talking, uh, going through Hebrews, where we uh, presented Jesus, the writer of Hebrews, which who we don't know who wrote Hebrews, presents Jesus as being better uh, and that he is greater and he starts listing these things because these people were drifting. They were drifting. They were wanting to turn back to their old ways. They were wanting to go back to the way they were living. And the writer's like compelling them, don't do it, don't do it. Jesus is better. You, he's the one you need. He's what you're looking for. He's the anchor. And so we've been talking about that. And last week we talked about Jesus is our rest, that many of us are restless, um, looking for rest, looking for rest for our souls. And Jesus says, hey, I'm what you need. And today uh, we're going to be talking about Jesus being our advocate. Jesus is our advocate. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. But I've, I've told the story before. It, it, it is funny in some ways, and some, some of you are not going to think it's funny. But when I first got to East Ridge, we had one campus, and it was the second sermon I had ever preached there. I, I, I say that Second or third. So if, if it was a third one, give me some grace. It was a second or third one. But anyway, I got through preaching and I come down and I'm standing down in the front and a guy approaches me and he is upset. He's not upset at my preaching like many of y'all, but he is just upset. He's upset about something at the church. And, and look, I'm new to the church. Uh, uh, I don't know a whole lot that's going on. Like, I don't know. You know, I'm new and, and I'm hoping that's going to give me a pass. You know, how you're like, you're like I'm, dying. I'm just trying to figure this out myself. Well, anyway, this guy was so upset. I mean, just he was, he was, he was upset. And, and the more I didn't have the answer that he wanted, the more upset he got. And he's standing there and he is like in my face and he is so upset. And finally, I talk him off the ledge, uh, uh, literally like, hey, man, I'm going to help you. I just don't know how. And I, I don't know. When he, I don't want to tell you what his problem was or anything like that. But anyway, when I got through, he had calmed down a little bit. And he said, by the way, that was a good message, which was nice. But what happened next was comical. What happened next was this big man who I didn't even know was there, jumped out, jumped in front of me and this guy, looked at the guy and said, I'm glad you finally said something good because I was about to take you outside and throw you on the asphalt. <laughs> and I went, well, that's not right, but I really like this. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And my immediate thoughts, I've got a bodyguard. I've got a bodyguard. I've never had a bodyguard before. I've got a bodyguard. And if you're not a believer and you're here today and you're a guest, you're going to get that strong. I know, but I'm just telling you. Well, today, I'm not telling you that Jesus is your bodyguard. But I am telling you is that Jesus is your advocate. He's your advocate. He's the one that's going to stand between you. And the word advocate is one who defends or maintains. That Jesus is your defender. And he's wanting to maintain your relationship with God. He's the one that supports and promotes. That Man, if you think about this, that Jesus Christ promotes you. Now, that's, that's, an, uh, that's a crazy thought. It's a crazy thought because the enemy is the one who accuses us. And Jesus is the one who promotes you. He's our advocate. He's the one who pleads your cause and my cause. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to communicate. And he, do, he does this through this verse where he introduces this concept. He says, so then, he's talking about who Jesus is and how great he is. He says, so then, we have a great high priest. He introduces this term, high priest. That you and I have this great high priest. That Jesus is this great high priest who has entered heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. So, I need to spend a little bit of time doing some background work on what is a high priest. 
Because I was asking the, this morning uh, the, the worship team and some here asked, do you ever think about Jesus being our high priest? We don't have this thought because that's not our culture. As a matter of fact, you may be sitting there going, what in the world is he talking about? And I'm going to share with you. And I'm going to talk about what a high priest is, who a high priest was in three ways. I'm going to talk about what, why, and who. What, why, and who. The first is this, what? What is a high priest? A high priest was the spiritual advocate for the people. That the, in the Jewish system, they had priests and they had one who was the high priest and he represented the people to God and he represented God to the people. He was the go-between. He was the go-between. He was the high priest. And he offered sacrifices for the sins of people. And, and, and if you know anything about uh, Jewish culture and how they're set up, they had a temple, and in the temple, they had a room that only the high priest could go into. And he could only go in there once a year, and he would go in there and offer the sacrifices for the people. Now, this is a crazy thing, that they didn't know what to do with this high priest, so when the high priest went into that room, if something were to happen, they would, the people wouldn't be able to go get him, because if they were to go get him, they'd be struck down. So they would tie a rope to the high priest's leg. So if something were to happen and he were to die, they could just drag him out. It's kind of an odd and scary thing. You think, well, I, I don't know if I want to be the high priest. I get it. But the high priest offered sacrifices for the sins of people each year. The high priest also helped people understand the will of God. They understand, helped them understand what God wanted them to do. He was like the leader, the spiritual leader for the people. And he was also there to bless the people, to make sure the people had God's blessing. Well, that's what a high priest was. The next question is, why do you need a high priest? Why do you need a spiritual advocate? And I'm just going to present to you a couple of things here. We use advocates all the time in our daily lives. We do. If you've bought a house or bought a business, you had a legal advocate. Have you ever done the house where you bought a house? Anybody done that? They give you all these things to sign and you really don't know what you're signing. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, they're just signing your name. You're, you're trusting this person that's your spirit, that, that they are representing you, that you're, you're uh, for your best interest. So you have this, this legal advocate. If you get any uh, medical work done, you can't just walk into the hospital and say, I want you to do heart surgery on me. You can't do that. You have to have a medical advocate. You have to have a doctor that says that you need this, that you need this surgery, and that they are willing to perform this surgery. You have financial advocates. You have financial advocates. You have people who help you financially uh, with your investments and everything like that, and, 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 and they are financial advocates. As a matter of fact, we have insurance advocates. When Leslie and I's car got uh, hit by the limb this summer, this past summer, we bought this newer car and, and, and a limb hit it while we were on vacation in St. Petersburg and, and put a huge dent in it. My first phone call was to my insurance agent because I wanted an advocate. I wanted someone who's going who's to push with me to get this thing taken care of. As a matter of fact, if you get your taxes done, a lot of times you're using someone who's your advocate. If you're in school or college, they, they, are, they, are, they are your advocate that if you're going to get a job or going on to another school, you will get a transcript or they will vouch and push for you that you did get an education there and you are who you say you are. And so we use advocates all the time. But why do we need an advocate spiritually? Why? Is it because... God's mad at us? Is it because God's against us? 
It's because God's holy. And I, this is a concept that's sometimes difficult for us to understand. That God cannot tolerate sin. Now, He loves us as sinful people. But the word holy means set apart, that God's set apart. He's just different. That He's holy, and you and I are not holy. We're not. We're not holy. We're sinful. We had the propensity to do the wrong thing a lot of the times. And what we say, and what we think, and what we do, we're just not holy. As a matter of fact, if we just took our thought life alone, and people knew not even our actions, not even what came out of our mouth, but if it was just our thought life, it would be so unholy. Or if it was just our mouth, if you just took our mouths, what we say, sometimes we're like, man, I don't know where that came from, or I didn't mean to say, we, just our mouths, just, we would know just how unholy we are as people. We're, we're not holy. But God is holy because he is holy, because he is different, that he can't be around sin. He just can't. He is set apart. He's different. And you and I need a spiritual advocate, a go-between, who can make us holy. Which leads me to who? That person is Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews is representing today that you've got an advocate. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is the one who represents us. He is our go-between, between us and God. And you're going to see that, man, he is a great advocate. And I'm going to launch into this thing. He says, since then we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. That, man, we got to walk out of here feeling good today. Because you've got someone who represents you. You've got someone who's defending you. You've got someone who is standing up, promoting you. You've got someone who is making you holy. And so I want to look at that today and why this is so great. And so the first thing is this. Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is our advocate. Jesus is better because Jesus understands us. He understands us. We use this phrase, you just don't understand. You ever say that? You just don't understand. You just don't understand. Kids say it. You just don't understand. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes my kids go, you don't understand. I'm like, whatever. I know way more than you do. I had it way harder than you did. You had to have seen it when we were growing up. We didn't have internet. We were talking about it. We didn't have cell phones. You had to stand there on the phone and talk to people. You couldn't walk around. There's a cord there. You remember that? Anybody remember that? There's a cord there. There's a cord. You just stood there. You had to talk. You, you, there was no internet. If you, wanted, if you wanted to find something, you had to go to the library. You had to go look it up, y'all. You had to make a trip and go look in an encyclopedia to look something up. We had typewriters. We had typewriters. You remember typewriter? I remember when I was in college, I tell my kids this. When I was in college, I paid someone to type my papers. You know why? Because I was a terrible typist, and all you had was whiteout. I would have had a page full of whiteout if I'd have turned that in. That's all it would have been. So I paid someone to type my papers. And every generation thinks that they had it worse. But the truth is, is that we, are, we have people say this all the time, you don't understand, you don't understand. And the truth is, there are sometimes that, man, we don't understand. 
The word here is empathy. The word, word here, understand, is empathy. I never forget when our kids told us, or maybe they told me, I don't know if they told Leslie because I don't like her, but anyway. <laughs> they told me something that I did not know about their life. They told me how there was pressure on them because they're a pastor's kid. Well, guess what? I don't understand that. You know why I don't understand that? Because I'm not a pastor's kid. Now, if you're a pastor's kid today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And sometimes when we think about Jesus, we think, man, he doesn't understand me. He didn't get me. He didn't understand what I'm going through. He didn't understand my life. He didn't understand my problems. And the writer of Hebrews says, hey, you've got this great high priest, and you need to hold on to the faith that you have because this guy understands you. Look at the scripture right here. He says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And I'm going to stop right here, Chad, hold that scripture there. See, so many times we think that Jesus can't understand us. Now, we can have empathy for people. Someone, parent, their parent passes, we have empathy for them. If you've lost a parent, if not, you just feel bad for them, but you, don't have, you can't have empathy until... You know what it's like. Or if someone loses a job, it's hard to have empathy for someone who, unless you've lost a job. Or someone gets a ticket. We've all done that. So there, there's times where people get a ticket and you ride by, you're like, yeah, 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 glad you're good. If, they're, if you think they're a jerk. But there's other times you're like, man, that's a, that's a bad moment right there. Or somebody's dog dies. If your dog dies, you know exactly what it's like. Or if you've had an embarrassing moment and you see someone else has an embarrassing moment, you, you have empathy for that. Or if someone trips, you ever seen someone trip? That's always funny, hasn't it? In Jesus' name it is. But you can have empathy for that, for someone like that, because you've done that. Or if someone's bullied. Or someone has the throw-up virus. We can all have empathy for that, because we've all had that. I want to share with you something today. Jesus has empathy for everything in your life. Because the one who was God came down to earth, became flesh. He was tried and tested just like we are. And a couple weeks ago, I, 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 I shared these things. Listen, you've been hurt. Jesus was hurt. You've been betrayed. Jesus was betrayed. You've had people do you wrong. Jesus had people do him wrong. You've been disappointed. Jesus was disappointed. You felt alone. Jesus has felt alone. That he knows exactly what it's like to be human. He knows exactly the areas that we're weak in. He understands our weaknesses. He does. He understands us. He gets us. We have a high priest who advocates for us because he understands us. And because of this, the writer says this. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. He says that we ought to come boldly, that, man, we ought, we ought to be jumping, that we can't wait to go before 
God, that we want to be before him. But man, we're going boldly because, man, I've got an advocate that's jumping in, that he defends me, promotes me, that he understands me. Martin Luther wrote a quote, a very controversial quote, but I'm going to share it with you. Not Martin Luther King. This is Martin Luther, one of the church fathers. He wrote a quote that said, be a sinner and sin boldly. Now, that's the part that people have uh, qualms with. He said, be a sinner and sin boldly. But then he follows it up and says, but believe and rejoice in Christ more boldly. Now, I want to share this with you. I'm not giving anybody permission to sin. That's not my job. That's not what I'm saying. But Martin Luther was saying that you're going to sin and I'm going to sin. And that ought to bother us. It ought to bother us. It ought to make us sad. It ought, to, it ought to just make us, man, I wish I could do better. God, I'm sorry. That ought to be. But we ought to be bold in the fact that we've got a high priest who understands. And he loves us. Because he understands our weaknesses because he's been in our shoes. So we use this phrase, don't judge anyone until you walk a mile in our shoes. He has walked in our shoes. Jesus understands us. The thing, thing is that Jesus saves us. Jesus saves us. The scripture here, the writer of Hebrews goes to that not only does Jesus understand you, but he saves you. The reason why he is our high priest, the reason why he is a better high priest, is because he does save us. The scripture here says, there were many high priests under the old system. Talking about the Jewish system, they had a bunch of high priests year after year. They had different high priests. For death prevented them from remaining in office. They died. They didn't keep going. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede on their behalf. He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once and for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sins. And the writer of Hebrews represents Jesus, presents Jesus as a high priest who has saved us once and for all. The, the, the phrase he uses there, that he, he, he can save once and forever. That word, uh, that phrase uh, is sometimes translated, he saves us to the uttermost. Which means this, that he knows the worst of you. And yet, He has still saved you. He knows the worst of me, and yet He has still saved me. And there's so many times that I feel like we become numb to this. Like even as I'm saying it, I think a lot of times we go, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Jesus loves me. He saved me. Yeah, I got it. But I want you to hear this. There are a lot of people that are going to make claims of what they're going to do for you. 
As a matter of fact, uh, in Romans, Paul writes and says that a lot of people will say they'll die for somebody. And he even says that, and some people will even, uh, might even dare to die, he uses the word, might even dare to die if someone's a good person. He said, but Christ proves his love for us in that he died for us while we were still sinners. See, Jesus is our great high priest because he died for you, he died for me before we ever were told to get our lives together. He didn't say, hey, when you get your stuff together, then maybe I'll die for you. Maybe, maybe if you're good enough, if you do enough good things, if, if you get it together, if you stop cussing, you stop doing this, or you start helping the poor and do that, then maybe I'm going to, no, 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 this is what happened. He says that he died for you, that he sacrificed his life, that he was your advocate on the cross taking the penalty and death that you and I should have because of our sinfulness. As a matter of fact, in Psalms 103, 11 through 14, it says this. And I'm going to read it to you. You can write it down. Psalms 103, 11 through 14. It's not going to be on the screen. I read this this week. And the writer of the psalm says, For his unfailing love... Toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens are above the earth. That man, God's love for you is so great. It's as great as, as, as much as heaven is above the earth. That's how great it is. His love for you is love for me. And then he says, He has removed our sins as far as east is from the west. Now, here's a funny thing, and I may be, I'm not, I'm not super smart on geography, so but I'm going to tell you what, what, I've, what I've learned. That if you're walking north or south, let's just say you're walking south, at some point you're going to reach the pinnacle and then you're going to start walking north. But east and west is not like that. That if you're walking east, you're never going to meet west. Or if you're walking west, you're never going to meet east. It doesn't switch like that. And that's why the writer of the psalm says, He has removed our sins as far as east is from the west. That He has saved us. He has forgiven us. He's removed our sins. And they're never going to meet. Those, they're never going to meet each other. He has he's removed them for eternity. And he says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. And so we have this high priest who is perfect, who is holy and blameless, who didn't have to offer sacrifices for his own sins, but became sin for us. We have a high priest who, is, who, is, who died and rose again. He is eternal. He sits at the right hand of God. He pleads our, our case that he, if I can use a phrase that we would use in our culture, he talks us up how good we are, how much he loves us. He has saved us. He sacrificed for us. Which leads me to the last one. That He is our hope. That Jesus gives us hope. Years ago, a friend of mine um, got into some 
he got a citation, a hunting citation, for something uh, that I didn't think that was, I was there when, it, I wasn't there when he was hunting, but I was there when he was setting things up and, and he got a hunting citation and um, I thought that it was um, unjust. And so he asked me if I would write a letter. He was gonna go to court and he asked me to write a letter and I wrote a letter and he went to court, but the citation was hundreds of dollars. And to get an attorney was gonna be thousands of dollars, so he went it alone. He just went and represented himself. And uh, i never forget when I called him. I said, how'd it go today? He said, man, I got tore up. So I got, I got, I got tore up. He goes, they immediately threw out the letter that you wrote and said it was hearsay because I didn't have it notarized. I didn't think they have it notarized. I mean, I didn't even... And he said, Every, everything that I did, he said, they just, they just called it hearsay or, or that, that uh, I didn't have any proof and everything like that. And he said, at the end of the day, he ended up having to pay the fine. And he said, the judge felt like he had a case. The judge even said, hey, you can come back. And he's like, no, no, I'm not coming back. And so many times, I feel like that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go this life without an advocate, without a high priest, without someone to go before us, without, without Jesus a lot of times. And whenever you do, let me tell you, there's a loss of hope. I think about Sundays when people walk through the door. So many times people walk in and they're hopeless. Maybe that was you when you came in one day. I've had people come in and say to me, this was the last shot right here. This is the last shot. Everything gone in my life. Man, they're just hopeless. That they placed their hope in so many things and been let down so many times. And I think about on, uh, on Thursdays at Celebrate Recovery, I, I, I see people walk in the door. Man, they're on a hope search that they've lived hard lives, a lot of them. Or they've been dealing with hurts and habits and hangups to, to, and, and had little success in those areas. And they're on this hope search. And the writer Hebrews says that Jesus, he finally says that Jesus gives us hope. And I want to close by looking at this. This scripture right here. And man, you can go ahead and come up. He said, so God has given us both his promises and his oath. He's saying God made a promise. He made an oath and he can't lie. He says, these two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. He says, therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And then I want you to catch this phrase right here, because this is what I've been saying the last two weeks here. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, because it leads us through the curtain into God's sanctuary. He's saying that this hope, this Jesus, this Savior, is going to give you hope. You may have messed up your whole life. You may have messed up this week. You may not have it together. You may have problems in insurmountable. You may have some kind of hurt, habit, or hang up that, man, you are struggling with big time. 
The answer is Jesus Christ. I've said it the last two weeks. I'm telling you, he is what you need. He is what you've been longing for. He is your high priest. He represents you before God. That you and I couldn't go before God because of our sinfulness, but Christ is making us holy, that he's made a way for us. The scripture says that no one can go to the Father except for through the Son. And you and I can be made right. That Christ has plans for us. That he is working in our lives to make it better than we ever dreamed. But you've got to have Jesus. I don't know about you, that gives me hope. Listen, i got a lot of problems. i got a lot of issues. I'm not a good person on my own. I'm a sinful man. But I have a great Savior who's working in my life and making me holy, making me like him. He wants to do the same for you. And so we're going to have a time of decision. Maybe today, you need to accept Christ. Never understood that you had an advocate. You got an advocate. You got someone who represents you, who wants you. Maybe today, you're going to make a commitment to start trusting in Jesus more. If not for the first time, for the second, third, or hundredth time, I'm going to trust you more, Lord. I'm going to trust that you are working for me to make me like you. And so I'm going to pray and then we're going to stand. If you've got a decision to make, we'd love for you to come up. If you want to pray, we'd love for you to come up front and pray. But don't miss it. Jesus is your advocate. Father, we come to you thanking you for who you are That, Lord, you are the one who died for us. You're the one who saved us. You're the one who has risen from the dead. You have given us hope that one day we will be with you. But in the meantime, you are still working in our lives now. Making us like you promoting our cause, defending us. You are our advocate, Lord. Thank you. So we praise you today. Lord, I pray for the person here today that's never accepted you. I pray for the person here today or the persons here today that are going to start trusting you more. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us and sing? If you have a decision made, we'd love for you to come down.